Stop the presses. The Giants have won a football game. What a game in the Big Easy. We break down the late comeback, Daniel Jones' big game, and how we're feeling about the G-Men after their first win of the season. No guests today, but we will answer your tweets on how you were feeling after the big win. So join us on the first victory edition of Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome to the first victory edition of Blue Rush from the New York Post, our New York Giants podcast. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. There will be no guest on this show, but we will hear from you, the listeners. We'll read your tweets sent back to Lawrence Tynes, who is one of our co-hosts, a two-time Super Bowl champion, along with Giants beat writer, Paul Schwartz, I'm Jake Brown. We got Sarah McCrory on board. And guys, man, winning feels so good after the way the Giants had lost the last few weeks. And Lawrence, I know you were tweeting up a wazoo, but you, we saw your reaction with your family jumping up and down after the game. You haven't reacted that way in a long time. It has been a while. You know, while we've won some games last year and over the years, for some reason, this win felt different. It was complete. They played well. They did a lot of good things, a lot of things Giants fans can be happy about. And it just felt like real football. I feel like even the wins last year, we just kind of smoke and mirrors it, if that makes any sense. Today's win, you know, is as good a win as the Giants organization has had in four or five years. I mean, it really is. I know that sounds crazy. Wins like this can catapult an organization. I said it earlier in the week. This can do this team and this organization a lot of good if they use it the right way. You know, obviously they got to go back to work and fix some things, but to go down to New Orleans in front of a hostile crowd and win a game, tough place to win, has to give this team a lot of confidence. So they're, they're going to have to keep learning how to win moving forward. Yeah, you know, look, Lawrence, you've been in that building. Um, it is incredibly loud. It was been, what, uh, 640 days or so since they've had fans in that place. It is really loud. Ear splitting when the Giants have the ball. You know, it's almost like when, when the Saints have the ball, you kind of can regroup a little bit because it's quieter. You know, it is it is incredibly loud. It stayed loud, you know, even when the Giants were, you know, certainly losing in the fourth quarter. And I don't know about you, but with seven minutes to go when the Giants got the ball down 11, you know, you said how what a great win this was, but this was not, you know, you'd think that, boy, if they win this game, they'd have to get off to a fast start. Well, they started okay, but um, they certainly didn't, you know, the end of the half was not great. Third quarter was not great. And and when they're down seven, are you feeling it? Are you seeing it? I mean, I, I didn't, you know, it, it, it's ear splitting as usual in there. And I'm not thinking to myself, man, they're going to they're gonna get the points here to either win this game or force overtime. I wasn't feeling it at that point. Um, I never really, it's weird, I was saying this earlier, I never really thought they were going to lose that game, even down 11. Really? Um, I don't really? know what it was. I just felt like the offense w- was, you know, obviously one big play away from getting right back in it, which Saquon got for them. But I don't know, there was something different about the way even Daniel Jones was commanding the huddle. The offensive line was exceptional today. I mean, he had all day long to throw 
And, you know, we plugged in a new left guard, uh, Scooter, with Billy Price and them, and they did a really good job all day. So the offensive line, I thought, you know, was really the MVP of this game offensively. I mean, they we were able to take some shots down the field, which we've all been begging for, and they did that a plenty today. And obviously John Ross got involved and a bunch of different guys helped and Tony and Galladay. So I just never thought they were going to lose. I know that's crazy, even though I picked against them. But seeing them on the field today, Daniel Jones had a presence about him. Well, he had a presence and he had 400 and two passing yards too. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like you keep on wanting – okay, so you say Daniel Jones played great. Then you said, as you mentioned correctly, the offensive line. Then you say, okay, the playmakers. You know, it's kind of like you don't know where to start, but since we always blame the offensive line, you know, which we do, and, and you know, 95% of the time it's warranted, this was the fourth different left guard they've used. You know, there was no reason to believe in this noise, in this din of, of, of deafness that they were going to have no pre-snap penalties, none. The only one they had was an illegal substitution, okay? No false starts. Uh, they had one holding call on Skura, as you said. You know, they, you know, he, he, he came in. He played pretty well. Andrew Thomas is terrific. I mean, Andrew Thomas has played really well, really well. And, and you know, I wrote about him in Sunday's New York Post. Um, you know, we've talked about him a lot on these podcasts and, you know, a lot of times saying the guy's struggling, you know, all these other things. He is terrific. You didn't even hear his name today. And that's the perfect thing for a left tackle. But the fact that they gave Daniel Jones was not sacked. They did not have penalties. They're not not getting a lot of bad first and 15 type situations. I think when you mentioned that, you know, what a good win this felt like, I think, don't you think some of that was they didn't eke out a victory. They came from behind. And this was Eli Manning-esque in some ways, fourth quarter. You finally saw the weapons that they're supposed to have and they have been hiding all season. John Ross out of nowhere, Kadarius Tony out of nowhere, Galladay coming back. You know, they didn't have Shepard, they didn't have Slayton. Saquon is good. You know, he's he's not back 100%, but he's there. And now you're starting to see, oh, this is what they were thinking of when they were putting this offense together, right? This is what they were thinking of if you can protect Daniel Jones. So I think that that's kind of the, the litmus test for this game is you kind of think to yourself, huh, Maybe they do have a quarterback here. Yeah, um, and, and all three of those pass catchers you mentioned, including Rudolph, were not on this football team last year. So it, it is what they envisioned. And then if you add in Shepard, who obviously is one of our top players, and Slayton, I mean, they're going to have an issue of who to sit. That's going to be the next deal. Once those two guys get healthy moving forward, you're not going to dress all of those guys. They don't give you a lot on special teams. You know, maybe John Ross is maybe a returner, but they don't cover kicks. All right, so now, now, now the big thing with the Giants after one win is they have too many good players? I mean, in a sense, I mean, listen, John Ross, coming off of IR really showed what he can do and they obviously is why they kept him I was actually on the fence you know after after training camp this guy's always hurt he is obviously a big play threat but he played really well he made some contested catches too you know short to intermediate it wasn't just that long catch especially in that fourth quarter so uh, there'll be some decisions to make that we'll get into as the games in the weeks come along but the offense looked really good man Saquon looked okay running but of course he got involved in the passing game is where he he did most of his damage today and that was a hell of a play a hell of a read. I guess Daniel said he checked to it. Uh, they talked about it, that Lattimore had been squatting on that route. And Saquon ran right by him. You know, I saw Saquon grow as the game went on, too. And I think anyone that follows the Giants probably saw the same thing. You could just tell, you know, when he scored, there was almost this emotion of, of he wanted to scream so the whole world could hear him. Because, listen, we've been beating up on him. The media has. The city has. 
this team has been uh, told that they can't do it and they're not good enough. So it was really good to see a lot of really good emotion for a big win. I mean, it was a big win. Yeah, it's it's one in three, but it's a big win for this. this well, when you're zero three, you can't make it up in one game. That's all there is to it. You know, you can't you can't win and be two and three. This is this is the deal. You know, this is the bed they they've made. They have to lay in it. But you know, they went into New Orleans and won, and that's a big thing. I asked uh, Joe Judge after the game um, about John Ross because you know the guy's been on IR. He hasn't played at all. You know, they activate him and. You know, the first time you see him get thrown the ball in a Giants uniform, he's just jetting down the field for 50. What? I didn't know who it was. I had to ask my son. I was like, who the hell is this? You, you saw number 12 and you say that can't be Steve Smith because he's never that was never that fast. Right. You know, and, and I said, so you boy, you certainly didn't ease John Ross in. And Judge looked at me, kind of smiled and said, we ain't got time for that. Yeah. There's no time. For right answer. This in. And you know, no. And you know, what's interesting. Statistical anomaly here. He fumbled. You know, he's credited with a fumble which he recovered in the end zone, which I thought that that means he does not get the touchdown catch and Daniel Jones doesn't get the touchdown pass, but Daniel Jones gets the touchdown pass, Ross gets the touchdown reception, and statistically, he also gets a fumble recovery. Fantasy football people, well, first of all, if you activated John Ross, you're insane. If you activated Daniel Jones, you're a little bit insane too, but you came up really big in this game. So, that you know, that that's a good thing. Yes. No, it was. Uh, so that's that's how they officially did score it. It is a touchdown pass. And I saw on the Giants website that it said Daniel Jones had two touchdown passes and one pick. But I just thought they were being homers and giving him the touchdown pass until the NFL officially ruled it as OK. So, and that was the Eli Manning interception, right? He's thrown, I think, what, 144 passes this year, Daniel. He should have no interceptions. That's the that's the Eli Manning. Throw it down the field at the end of the half. I don't care about my stats. It's an interception. I respect him for doing that. You know, a lot of quarterbacks would just kind of say, eh, let me throw this thing. It was a hell of a throw. One thing I want to talk about is yards per attempt. 10.1, the most he's ever had in his career. It's the highest number he's ever averaged in a game. His previous two highs are 9.3, Tampa, 2019, that's a win, and 9.16 versus Dallas last year. This shows you that this guy's a big play thrower. Like, he, if you can give him time and get the ball down the field, he's shown accuracy. I mean, listen, Paul, we're talking about that throw to, to John Ross. Man, there was a bunch of 20, 25, 18, 20, some Deep, deep, big-time NFL throws across the field on the sidelines to Galladay, to Tony. So he looked the part. And listen, kudos to him. He has obviously been a topic of conversation in New York since he got here. There was a lot of emotion on that field for a young team between Saquon and, and Daniel and people that we've kind of been pinatas about how good they are, how good they're not. To see them win was fun. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I was excited as hell, obviously. I showed a video to the world his teammates you know look when you have an established quarterback it's kind of like been there done that but these guys were very happy for Saquon because of the hard work you put in and they were very happy for Daniel Saquon said about Daniel today ever since the day he's been drafted he's been criticized and that guy does nothing but come in and work and get better and lead every single day he showed he's a special player we knew he's a special player so you know they they were into that now you know we've been very critical of Jason Garrett right some of us more than others. Um, he called the plays in this game, and Kenny Galladay gave him great credit for right before the touchdown, okay, right before Saquon's touchdown in overtime, that long developing play where Galladay was cutting cross from right to left, 23 yards down a field. Uh, that took a long time to develop. Kenny Galladay said that was a perfect call in the perfect spot. We kind of had that, you know, in, 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 our, in our back pocket. And, you know, he gave Jason Garrett a lot of credit 
for calling that then. You're on the 29-yard line, right? You're in Graham Gano's field goal, in his range to kick a field goal. Then if you do, then you got to give the ball back to the Saints. We get that. You don't want to do that. But you don't have to throw that play. You know, you don't have to make that play. If, if it's intercepted, then you're going to say, what the heck? You were in field goal range. You could have gone ahead. So they did it. So that's, you know, Jason Garrett is not losing his play calling after this game. I'll no. tell you that much, right? You know. No, he was excellent. He did a lot of things great. The only thing that I think I will question the whole game was obviously the reverse down in the red zone. We need to throw that play in the garbage. But other than that, he was I thought he was excellent. I mean, he attacked down the field. I was at one point keeping track of uh, in my notes of deep shots and I got caught up in the game. And in the moment, I mean, I stopped at like seven or eight. I mean, they were throwing the ball down the field. They played really well. And obviously Giants fans should be most excited about was that was a really good defensive football team they did that against that was not just some bottom of the barrel defense Lattimore and, and obviously the linebackers in that defensive front have given some teams fits this year in the dome with the noise so they did it against you know and obviously they'll have to go line up next week and play another great team but for this show tonight we could all be excited for this football team moving forward the defense I thought hung in there but if they didn't have Taysom Hill you know who knows what the score would have been but my god is he a hell of a football player yeah you know what I thought Sean Payton got very conservative in this game you know it's almost like he he didn't he didn't trust Jameis Winston or something because I don't think he does still yeah well I yeah I think that's and and you know I don't know about you when I'm watching this game I think man Alvin Kamara is killing him he's killing him first down runs Paul they were like seven yards a pop his longest run was 10 yards okay he did not have a catch. How was that possible that Alvin Kamara did not have a catch in this game? So he was bleeding them, but he wasn't killing them. You know what I mean? It was never that, you know, Saquon did not run nearly as effectively as as Kamara did, but he he was the guy who got the big plays. You know, it was very interesting. Now, I don't know if you saw, I tweeted a picture out. Did you get a look at Kadarius Tony after the game? Oh, did I? He's already liked my tweet that I tweeted about him after the game because I said, this is how you come to the podium after a dub. Sarah, and- did you see that? Did you see the way Kadarius Tony looked? after the game yeah yeah i did i said those were some interesting jeans he chose to wear what about the drip though paul you know what the drip is the drip in the glasses and he had the louis hat i mean that's my new Wait, favorite he's my new paul do, do you know what drip is do we have to explain yeah he have you heard the word is. drip um i know he has a grill i know the grill that's grills that's the, separate paul the, grill. the drip is the necklace drip is chain the, the ice. Necklace. You know, i like to, i like to rock some ice when yeah, i go drip. out a little bit of ice drip is important yeah. he had yeah. drips plural he you know what <laughs> He is an acquired taste. Let's just talk about, you know, in, in, in the press conference, you know, he got off to a very bad start, right, with the media and then the, 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 the shooting foot and he's not talking to us. But he takes himself seriously. He takes the game seriously. I, You know, people try to get him after this game to kind of say how excited he was. And is this the most fun? I said, is this the most fun you've had with the Giants so far playing football? And he said, well, winning was fun. But he said, you know what? What's fun to me is is after practice, going in and talking football and having Joe Judge explain to me what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. Lawrence, he doesn't have to say that. I mean, he... I watched right? it. it was great. I love interesting, the right? Very interesting. And he's all about ball. You can tell it. And, you know, he had a lot of family down here, you know, uh, at this game. And, you know, you can't take your eyes off him when he catches the ball. You cannot take your eye. You know, he puts that foot in the ground, man. He he doesn't want to go down. He is exciting. And I loved watching the postgame interview. He brings a little flair to this team. It's and, needed. Yes. Yes. But, but you know what? A, a genuineness of this guy and Giants fans can be this guy loves football. I can, you can tell. Now, I don't know what he's going to be like in five years, but you you can best believe that guy in that locker room, everyone knows he loves ball because you can just tell the way he talks. He, to, he answered your question by saying, the most fun I have is 
in the locker room with my teammates or Coach Judge, you know, correcting me on something I didn't do right. That's a guy that's a baller, and he is a dog. He is a dog. <laughs> a dog, yes, a dog. Did you um um have a problem with the punt? You know, I mean, this is the kind of thing where when you lose, these things all get magnified. And when you win, they kind of like are interesting discussion points, but they're not life and death, right? 9.31 to go. They're down 21-10. They're still down two scores. It's fourth and eight on the Saints, 47. Joe Judge punts. At the time, you're, uh, are you like, okay, I get that? Or are you like, no way, you got to go for it No, there. I, I was totally in agreement with the punt. I don't know if it's because I played with Quinny and T-Mac so long that I know what they're thinking and time on the clock, and I remember certain scenarios and game games. But I just knew, obviously, we didn't get a touchback there. So Riley, the 17, I think, 16. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought there was enough time. I believe we still had all three timeouts left. Mm-hmm. And the defense, you know, they, they played solid today. They, they didn't play good. They didn't play bad. But that offense is very tough to prepare for. I mean, with all the looks and formations and Taysom Hill and things they give you and then he's on punt team too right which scares you so I was in total agreement with th- with them punting there and just like I said you know hoping they would get the ball back which they did now here's how a, a team can make their coach look dumb or smart right because the Giants for years have made these coaches look dumb because whatever they do is wrong he punts the ball right now if, if the Saints get three or four first downs even if they don't score they bleed the clock you're in big trouble three and out by the defense Giants get the ball next play 54 yards to Saquon bang just like that they they're within 21-16. Complimentary then, football. Right. And then, and then, I mean, look, Daniel Jones on these two-point conversions is – Did you see the blocking, Paul? Did you see my tweet? Yeah. Did yeah. you see the blocking, that left side? I have no idea what the hell – Nate Solder got a different play because he got him and yeah. – I don't know. He's right next to Daniel and he doesn't touch him and, and, and he runs in. We would be remiss though if we don't give a shout out to CJ Board for a 26 yard pump return. Yes, yes. To yes. set up mm-hmm. that touchdown pass to Saquon. So he's a good football player. CJ Board, you need guys like him on your football team. But that was a 26 yard return. That's a, you know, you're looking for 10 every time. 26 yards is a big time return. And obviously we turned it into a touchdown. But the two point conversions, why are we so good there? But yet in the red zone, we're not so good at the two yard line. Like, do we not have, you know, we got to get Daniel Jones moving more. So good point. They'll they'll keep trying to hopefully clean that up, but just throw that damn reverse play in the garbage. My God. Now now Saquon fumbles, right? Loses the ball. ball. Second fumble of his Giants career. Only the second fumble. Here's another thing which makes dumb guys look smart or vice versa. Saquon said he could not believe it when he lost it. He said, I just was going for the ball. You know, he put his arms out like I'm just going for the ball any way I could. Who makes the play of the game? Kyle Rudolph. He jumps on that ball. Saquon says, I got to buy him a dinner. I owe him a dinner. It's just one of those things. I mean, Rudolph falls on the ball and they live for another play, which was, um, you know, and then he throws the pass to Galladay. And then, um, you know, I love the fact that they, you know, went for the jugular and went for the touchdown there. It was uh, it, it was good stuff. Oh, and, it's know, the razor thin yeah. edges we talk about yeah. that help you win and lose every Sunday. And the Giants have just been on the wrong side of that the first three weeks of the season. They really have. And today it it went their way. Did you hear Jabril? The Giants said that, you know, they've been ticked off all year because they're calling tails all year. Tails, tails, tails. Jabril said, we're not doing anything with tails. So now Jabril was hurt, right? His hamstring was hurt in the second quarter. Uh, he said before he gave up that touchdown. So he stayed in the game. Maybe he shouldn't have. He didn't play the second half. He said he was kind of all pent up with all this emotion and he can't play. And he and he said, um, you know, I just ran out there. I didn't care if Joe was going to not let me go out there or not. And he said, I want to call tails. And you know how it is. You know, you're a kicker. You know, you know, 
it's a big thing. What else thing. did he sell? What else did he say on that? Well, he said, he said, um, then he a said, Saquon said, you're going to call tails. And Joe said, call tails. So he goes out there, uh, you know, he calls heads, right? So he says, forget tails. We're calling heads. So Jabril, what did he say? He said, boom, we want that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm we not, want yeah. that thing, yeah. that ball, that er, right? Uh, what er. he said. You know, I love it when it's revisionist history because then, then you ask the guys, what did you think when you got, you got the ball? And, you know, I said, we're going to win the game. We're going to win the game. We're going to win the game. You know, and Daniel Jones won a game for him in overtime, and that's uh, that resonates very well with these these older you, players. You, you rank know? this. You rank this. We'll look back ten years from now. Hopefully, Daniel Jones is still the quarterback. And you know, for right now, it was kind of this this Tampa Bay game, right? We always remember. We're trying to get him back to that moment where he had a, yeah. a big moment. This is the best moment he's had since then in two years, I would say, as a Giants quarterback. Yeah, he had some good moments as a rookie, no question. But um, this was a, um, a a really good game for him. You know, he's not turning the ball over. He had the one fumble in the opener. He shows that he's a good athlete every game. Every game he shows that he's a – He's know, throwing absolute piss missiles too. Like he is throwing absolute football what? piss missiles, sorry. <laughs> He has thrown the ball with so much authority. I'm happy for him. I really am. Makes you think, too, that the Giants maybe could be 3-1. and one, And they are 1-3. A win's a win is a win is a win is a win. And we want to hear from the fans of Blue Rush and the fans of the Giants who are all hyped up right now. What a Sunday for New York. The Giants win. The Jets win. The Yankees win. The Mets season ends and puts us out of our misery. Uh, a lot of good things happening in New York sports. All right, we want to hear from you, the listeners of Blue Rush, and you can follow Lawrence Signs at LT4Kicks. Follow Paul at NYPost underscore Schwartz on Twitter. Lawrence tweeted out, want to get some feel from you, the fans, from SFL Steven. Great GM. Maybe we stack a few wins. That said, toughest schedule in the NFL. Seven wins might be unreasonable. Making playoffs this year was the minimum bar. Every team has injuries. No excuses. Question, if we don't make the playoffs, do heads still roll? We're already there. Jeez, we just won a football game. Absolutely. Some heads are, I mean, if this team doesn't win more games heads are going to roll not maybe not necessarily in the coaching staff but i could see some executive level positions being fired for sure all right paul for you this next question from mr tree amigos does this lead to a winning streak or more consistent play from the team and what will be a, a murderer's row of games to come and has daniel jones answered the question about him and his future with the team well it, it's too much it's too much to put into one game daniel jones played terrific he's he's played well see that's the thing it's not like he played terrific but last week he played bad and the first week he played bad and the second week he played okay he's played solid football you know i wrote something the other day and i said daniel jones is playing winning football in the first three games and you know somebody emailed me and said you idiot he's he they're zero three how could he be playing winning football because he can be you know what i mean it, it, it's a team sport so um, this this was the best we've seen of Daniel Jones this season, but we've seen a lot of good things from him this season. So, um, But you can't look at this and say, okay, now they're going to be on a winning streak. Now they're going to start winning games, all this other stuff. It's Joe Judge is very compartmentalized with this. It, it's just you play this game, you grade this game, you move on to the next game. And you know what? Very interestingly, Joe Judge was not doing cartwheels after this game. And that's what the interesting thing. At least you want to see a guy be – kind of the same way every game. Listen to this real quick. This is a long answer, but this is what Joe Judge said after this game, okay? Results are the most deceiving thing in mankind. If you keep focused with what's away from you and forget about the steps you have to complete on the way there, you'll never get to real where you really want to be. Results are not the most deceiving thing in mankind. I mean, I think results are pretty important, but that's Joe Judge's story, and he's sticking with it. From Joseph Welch, 23, for you, Tynes, have we finally given up the established the run mentality and realized 
The NFL is a pass first league. I mean, not running up the gut with eight to nine men in the box was refreshing. I think this team obviously has has kind of played to their personnel. So obviously you had some elite playmakers today and they used them to their advantage. I, you still have to run the football, I think, when it gets cold and it gets the weather gets nasty. So at some point we're going to have to run the ball when Saquon is healthier. Yeah, I, I think we are becoming – I think we're always going to throw more than we run, naturally, just because that's the NFL. Paul, for you, uh, from Josh Mora, twenty four fifteen. should the Giants package Ingram and Peppers – for a pass rusher or top-notch lineman? Um, no, they should not because that's not really what the NFL is all about. Uh, there are trades that made. I think the deadline is uh, November 2nd, I believe. I wrote in the post last week that they should try to trade Engram because the relationship with the player and the fans is really fractured. Engram didn't play a great game in, in New Orleans. It's hard to do that. So no, I, you don't, you're not going to package two players and get a pass rusher. This is not, you know, it's not baseball. So no. Lawrence, since it's related to your favorite coach, Jason Garrett, uh, from I M E Sum. Aside from the Engram sweep, Coach JG called a great game, but will he keep it up next week or flop like the previous three? I'm not a fortune teller. I just hope he goes into his old stomping grounds and, and has that same aggressive mentality. Now, having said that, the players have to prove that they can take on what he puts on their plate, and they did that in New Orleans. They're going to have to do the same thing next week in Dallas against a really good defense in a hostile environment, hopefully with another healthy body at receiver. Yeah, I think he stays aggressive. He he sees what this offense can be naturally, and and they're an explosive offense, you know, with some of those playmakers involved. So, but yeah, the reverse we've said it five times on the show today that needs to go in the garbage josh underscore adam underscore z has this week shown that daniel jones is the guy for going forward well he is the guy going forward because he's their quarterback so you know they're going forward with him but no this is not this is not the stamp of approval on on a 24 year old quarterback that comes over time but the giants are committed to him you know this is not like well, we'll see. We're holding our breath. We can always go somewhere else. They're committed to him. I mean, the only way this thing goes haywire, if he's awful in, in the remaining games and, you know, if there's a new general manager and if the guy wants to bring in a new quarterback, all this other stuff. But this is not like a, um, you know, Daniel Jones's car is not double parked. You know what I mean? He's there. He's there and they're, they're committed to him. And, um, you know, right now, I think all fans just need to, I'm not rally behind him. That's not the point I'm making, but He's your quarterback, so you have to ride or die with him. That's the deal with him right now. You know, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. From Tom Chef Darcy, how about Rob Sale and all those O-line coaches coaching this unit up? How about our boy Billy Price, friend of the program, with a nice game? Billy Price had a great game. Listen, those coaches deserve a lot of credit, and Coach Flats is there. I mean, to take what they've been given and – we're not talking poorly about this unit it says a lot about what's happening at the practice field. The, the offensive line has been really good, starting with Andrew Thomas. You know, you'd like to see Pert at some point. Hopefully he can get to the point where he's taking some reps with, from Solder, but obviously they don't think he's ready to take any reps from Solder because Solder is out there the entire game, which is disappointing because Pert had some moments last year that you thought were going to lead to him starting this year. But the interior guys, Hernandez, Price, Skura, they've done a good job, man. Listen, and you got to tip your cap to them because they've played really really well paul a couple of questions you know have come in about ingram but i mean generally what is the value do you think if they do end up trading him is it you know i think i tweeted fifth round pick and people said that's crazy 
Do they get a sixth round, a seventh round? Do you get a uh, you know a backup player? What do you get for Ingram if you were to trade him this week? Well, he's on the last year of his contract, so you don't get the contract, which is a good thing for the team that would pick him up. Um, you're not going to get much. I mean, this is this is you know you're not going to um, put a highlight reel together and send it to these teams, and it, and they're not going to do their own research. You know, so yeah, he's a struggling player right now. He really is. I mean, even in this game, like we said, he had a couple of catches. He um, you know, he he seems to you know whatever the the yard and the stick is, you know, he comes up a little short of the first down. They're going to still throw to him. And and they thought going into this that with all the other guys around him, that Engram could kind of relax and, and let the game come to him more. And he wouldn't have to be relied on to make play after play, big play after big play. But they need production from their tight ends. I mean, you know, they do. All, every yep. time you put on, you know, these TVs and watch the games. There were, there were tight ends making big plays down the field. You know, Rudolph made a couple of plays today, um, but he's not a, a guy down the field anymore by any stretch. You know, they still can't locate him in the red zone, in the end zone. I know uh, LT wants Caden Smith to play more. You know, with all these weapons and with Rudolph and with Engram healthy, Caden Smith's not going to get a lot of run here. So um, they need to pick up that aspect of their offense. Even with all the guys on the outside, you need to have a reliable tight end to throw to. And I heard, heard some yelling in the background. Bourbon Street is going off today. Uh, Paul needs to get out there and uh, start drinking, eat some, ben, what are they called? Beignets. 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 Did you eat any? Did, what, what did you He's eat having there? a hurricane right now. He's got a big straw hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> did you eat anything good, Paul? Paul boy. I had a Paul boy. Paul boy. Paul boy. I think you said Paul boy. Po, like, a, like a po boy. Yeah, po, po, po boy. boy. Yep, yep. What kind? Fish? Was it meat? Was it kind of? Um, no, it was, it was chicken, actually, because I'm chicken not a big. Po. Oh seafood guy but um yeah it's um uh, not to digress but bourbon street and like mask wearing and like covid and kind of restrictions it's kind of an unsavory mix you know what i mean yeah. post hurricane yeah yeah it's a little um it's a little rough out there so um but you know bourbon street is bourbon street it's fun to walk down once and then take a shower and it doesn't count unless you go down there at nighttime so six o'clock walk didn't count i was expecting paul to come back with his mardi gras jerry beads uh coming back to new york at some point all right sarah mccrory our resident producer here here, apparently has a question for you guys yeah i actually was just gonna bring this up because lawrence and i were talking before the show and i don't think you guys really mentioned it but i think giants fans love graham gano but he did end his streak and i was just wondering i guess this is a question for lawrence is that ending a streak like that mess with your head or how does that kind of affect a player like that he has to be in some regards listen he he's relieved i'll just talk for him i know you, you may ask him this this week, Paul, at, at work. But, I mean, every time they posted, you know, right before he we went out there today, they showed the top five all time, and he's like third, fourth, or fifth, something like that. And it just kind of, you know, every time he went out there, it was like, and I'm sure in his head he's like, man. And naturally he shouldn't have missed a 35-yarder indoors. But having said that, he starts a new streak. I'm sure he's a little bit relieved mentally to have missed. I know it sucks that he missed. He didn't want to miss, but and they won. That's the key. If if yeah. he misses, he misses, and they lose a close game in overtime. He, now exactly. He's, now it's so. So look, this is the thing. When you have teammates, you know, can can pull together and and you can make up for problems. You know, Saquon fumbles, Rudolph's there to pick it up. Gano misses a field goal that you know obviously he's going to make 99 out of 100 times. He misses that. The streak of 37 is over. They don't lose the game. It didn't cost them. It cost him his streak. It didn't cost them. So, yeah, you. I'm sure you can move and forward. And let's uh, yeah. listen. The, I mean, 48 yarder to tie the game is, is uh, still a big time NFL kick. I mean, so he uh, he bounced back from that. I'm sure that was a little gut punch to him, a little shock to the system. 
because he's been on autopilot for so long. But ultimately, I think it's a good thing. All right, a couple more questions before we wrap up the show. There's a few about Slate and Ross. You guys could answer together as one. Uh, Nando in the wild said, has Ross taken the wide receiver three spot for good with his performance today? And then uh, Scam3114, some of these names are ridiculous. Does Slayton play more of a reserve role if the offense continues to perform like today? So I guess both of those combined. I know, Ross, you said, Lawrence, you were surprised he made the team. Well, he showed up on Sunday. I was surprised, but I also feel like, you know, you don't mess up a good thing that's going right now. And obviously, I don't know what the numbers are, but John Ross may have more catches than Slayton does on the year, and he only played one game. I don't know how many catches Slayton has, but listen, you can't ever have too many good players. But I think for right now, until Slayton gets that hamstring figured out, they're very tricky, especially for speed guys like him. I think you stay with Ross for now. Uh, Slayton has seven catches, by the way. Yeah, and and what did what did Ross have today? Four and some big balls. He had three for seven. Well, seven. Uh, you can blurp that out. I just said big balls. That was weird. Um, <laughs> Moving you on. know, it, 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 so this is the, the pecking order is really not there yet. Look, don't forget, a lot of people think Sterling Shepard is their most savvy receiver. He's a slot guy. Kadarius Tony is is going to need the ball. Look, I, I, I don't think Shepard and Slayton will be able to play next week in Dallas anyway. I think Shepard was a little further advanced than Slayton, but these hamstrings usually don't take a week or two. They didn't put him on IR, which means they do not expect him to miss three games. But this will only be the second game they miss if, if they are not there in Dallas. So this does mean maybe you don't have to, you know, they don't rush guys back. But instead of saying may, maybe you got to push it, Shepard, maybe you got to push it a little bit, they can say maybe you don't have to push it, you know, because we've got guys who can who can back you up. Look, I'm still a little uneasy with this. They got too many guys. It, it's Ross and it's this. They don't have too many guys, you know. They don't have too many guys. It looks like if guys are all healthy, they'll have the right amount of guys. And now it's up to Jason Garrett's job to put them in the right places and things like that but it's not too many guys because you know what from week to week it's almost always the case that not everyone is healthy for every game well that's true but i could also see paul them if they you know come in this week and and reevaluate slayton you could potentially see him go on ir based on how john ross played yeah i mean to, i don't to bring think another body onto the active roster uh, maybe it could happen maybe. Maybe it could happen. Sure. And then another one on Garrett uh, from CA Giants fan. Do you think Garrett will keep calling the more aggressive game plan like he did from the third quarter on? Sure. I sure as hell hope so, because if he likes winning and likes putting up big numbers, he's going to keep. And listen, that's not going to happen every Sunday. But sure. I mean, I hope he does. I mean, obviously, he saw what this offense can do. He's going to keep building off what they did you know, today and, and keep building around the players that are going to be available on the field on Sundays. That's really what it boils down to is who's available, who can play. They had a great game plan this week. They did a really good job offensively. But that whole game plan goes out the window if they can't hold up up front. You know what I mean? So I don't think we can we can look forward and say, okay, they got the offensive line all figured out. Okay, they got it all. You know, now, now they're on their way. I think it's a week-to-week thing with this group still. Um, they may have a different personnel next week, depending on who's healthy and who's not. So I think it's, it's you know, if the Cowboys all of a sudden are getting a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones next week, which could happen, then, you know, all this aggressiveness goes out the window a little bit. So it all works hand in hand. Um, Lawrence, you played on some great Giants teams with offensive lines, and, and they could instill their will on other teams based on we can run it, we can pass protect, and it makes an offensive coordinator's job much easier if he knows 
my five guys up front can beat your five guys up front on defense. Well, something you wish the Giants could do moving forward is hang their hat on the running game, which we know they can't do. So that's always a great balance to everything. I mean, if they can establish the running game moving forward, that helps out everything, helps out the play caller, helps out the offensive line. But they have not shown that this, this year, that they can sustain a running game you know, for four quarters. Thanks everybody for tweeting at Lawrence Tynes at LT four kicks at NY post underscore Schwartz is where you find the guys and coming up on the next episode will be a preview of giants Cowboys in Dallas. And that says cheerio to episode 76, the Nate Solder edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show. Get Blue Rush that wee five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. For Paulie Schwartz, down in the back easy, I'm Lawrence Steins. We return on Thursday to preview the Giants matchup with the Cowboys in Dallas. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush, you filthy animals. I don't be mad.